Hey, welcome to New Community Elkins Podcast. I'm the pastor, Bobby Benavides, and I am excited to have you with us. I hope you enjoy what you hear. I hope it encourages you and keeps you moving forward in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Well, here we are again, getting ready to start our third um, installment of the First Timothy series. Um, excited to keep doing this series. I, you know, one of the things about First Timothy is that when we, when we, when oftentimes we read it, we think of it just primarily about uh, leadership and about um, what it means to be uh, guiding the church. Because he's writing this letter to Timothy, but he's going to be speaking to the church of Ephesus, right? And and so as we go into this new, as we go into this series, the third part of this, um, we're actually going to be going into a, a specific topic that is near and dear to my heart: <laughs> leadership. I really do. I have a, I have a strong feeling about leadership, especially around church leadership, but leadership in general. I have a very um, deep desire to see healthy leadership across the board. Right? I want to see people who are leading well. And, and I'm not saying leading flawlessly, right? because that's not going to happen. There's always going to be leaders that struggle, that have, that have uh, brokenness, right? because we're all human. There's going to be things about our, our personalities that aren't always going to mesh with people, but but regardless, they're going to be striving to do the best they can to lead well, leading their people, leading themselves, leading their organization, church, whatever, right? And so when we go into this, this is the perspective I'm coming from, but we're going to also see how we all have a role to play as the church. And so it's very important to think about because First Timothy is about the church. It's about leadership, but it's about the church and um, what we're going to see more about us is that we have a huge role to play in leading the direction of the church. So before we go forward, let's pray. Father, we thank you again for this morning. We thank you, God, for who you are. We thank you, God, for the church, uh, the big church, Lord, the one that is your bride, God, and thank you for allowing us to be a part of that here at New Community Elkins. And Lord, I just pray that as we go into this message that you open our hearts and our minds and, and, and help us to see what it means to truly lead well. God, um, guide us, teach us, show us. In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, amen. So we're going to be looking at um, the entire chapter 3, uh, 1 Timothy 3. And so you can open your scriptures to that or it'll pop up on the screen here or you can just hear me read it um, if you're listening to the podcast because that's how it's going to go. Um, but we are... Um, really into this section and and really into this next part because there's so much to hold on to when it comes to leadership in the church. We have a responsibility. I have a huge responsibility, right? This is as a leader of the church, as the pastor guiding this church, I have a huge responsibility. Um, and we're going to see what God says about that in this letter uh, through Paul because overseers of the church um, have a significant role to play. And if we're not doing it well, or if we're leading in a wrong direction, we're going to be held accountable for that. And so I pray all the time that I'm leading well. I pray all the time that I'm that I'm actually guiding this church in the right direction, that I'm actually speaking truth from Scripture. I, I, when, I, when I study Scripture, when I, when I do background information, when I look at commentaries, I try to get as much information as possible so that way I feel like I know what I'm, what I'm talking about. And I feel like I'm actually guiding the, the conversation well. So there's, there's, important, there's an important part that I play, but there's an important part that you play. 
And so when Paul's writing this letter, he's writing to Timothy in Ephesus in a culture of Jewish believers who are now following Jesus, but then you also have the Greek um, Roman believers who are stepping in, and they're trying to figure out how to really work together. But they've also been influenced by the culture that's around them. And so what they see their government leadership do, they kind of try to pull into the church. And the way that the they've decided how government leadership is decided, how people are put into place of leadership, what they expect them to do, they kind of try to say, well, this is what the church should be doing. And they're saying, well, yes and, and no, right? And there's some things that they've allowed for leadership in the government and leadership around them to do that they're saying, okay, well, maybe we should allow that to happen in the church. And Paul's saying... We need to be wise about what we expect, what we allow, and what we um, what we are going to be, um, I guess, uh, willing to accept from church leadership. So, again, this is one of those topics that for me I'm really excited about. And for you, hopefully you'll get an idea of what this means for uh, leaders that you follow, leaders that you're, what you're expecting from leadership in, in either our church, New Community Elkins, or whatever church you might be a part of um, locally where you're at. Uh, but for us to really be considering what it means to be following somebody in the church and what does it mean to really be leading it. So here we go. First Timothy 3, verse 1. The saying is trustworthy. If anyone aspires to the office of overseer, he desires a noble task. Therefore, an overseer must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not a drunkard, not violent but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own household well, with all dignity, keeping his children submissive, for if someone does not know how to manage his own household, how will he care for God's church? He must not be a recent convert, or he may become puffed up with conceit and fall into the condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must be well thought of by outsiders, that he may not fall into disgrace, into a snare of the devil. Alright, so let's go ahead and break that down, right? Because that's a lot. That's a lot. In the very first section of uh, chapter 3, we're seeing a lot of information there. So let's go ahead and cover what this is really saying. First off, Paul writes off, the saying is trustworthy. <laughs> Basically, this is a true statement. This is what we have to understand, that if anyone aspires to the office of overseer, he desires a noble task. Now, again, what was happening in their culture was that when you wanted to be an overseer of anything, when you wanted to be in charge of anything, it was kind of a, a status-seeking position. It was you wanted to be lifted up. You wanted to be honored. You wanted the highest seat. And so when Paul's writing this, he's like, look, like it's not really about status. This is a noble task in the kingdom mindset, not a noble task in, in your social status. Because as a leader of the church, you're actually going to be held to a way higher standard. And you're going to have a lot to be coming at you. And so if you're going to be in this position, you better be ready to be taking on whatever's coming your way. Right? You better be ready for the fact that you're going to have people who are upset with you because you're speaking truth into their life and they may not like it. You're going to have people who don't like you know, maybe your style of saying like, hey, you're wrong or <laughs> pointing them in the right direction and it kind of challenges them. And so then they look at you even though it's the spirit speaking or it's you know, scripture speaking and you're just telling them what the Bible says. This happens. Um, but it's a noble task in the kingdom. 
not to build your own, but in God's kingdom, it's a noble task to be aspiring to be an overseer of the church. Therefore, an overseer must be above reproach, the husband of one wife. Okay, let's talk about this too, because now, above reproach is living a life that, not flawless life, right? Because there's nobody perfect except for Jesus, and we realize that. And so a leader is going to have his mistakes or her mistakes. It's going to happen. Now, but what he's saying here is that when you are leading, when you're an overseer, that, that you are really striving to be a person that, that your character speaks louder than the words of other people, right? That you are not going to be accused of anything, that you can't be accused of anything. And if you are, then hopefully people are going to say, no, that doesn't sound right. That doesn't jive with what we know about this person, right? And when it says the husband of one wife, now, again, this is cultural there, and this is where some people get tied up because now the husband of one wife, they think, oh, so he can't be divorced. He can't do this. Now, I've done some research because I actually held onto that view for a long time, right? What does it mean for this? Well, what I found was that if validly there was a divorce that occurred, then a leader can go ahead and get married. And they're still considered one wife. What they're actually talking about here is not even polygamy because in that culture, in the Roman culture, polygamy wasn't necessarily – um, practice as as often, but what they're actually referring to is bigotry and adultery. You see, the leaders of the government were known to use their power and use their authority to go ahead and manipulate the situation. They would actually go ahead and say, you know what, this is my role. I'm going to go ahead and sleep with whoever I want to, and that's what they're doing there. So they're saying, look, Paul's writing this letter saying, look, if you're going to be above reproach, then you better not be partaking in these activities because although it was illegal in the culture, they still allowed it to happen. Why? Because they're an authority. So we'll let that happen. It's okay. I mean, it's not okay, but we really can't say anything about it. But for a leader in the church and oversee the church, you better live above reproach and don't practice the things that you are finding to be acceptable in government leaders in other leaders that are around you. Like this is the church, this is the bride of Christ, that when you are going to be involved in this, that you need to be demonstrating that you understand what it means to be in a marital relationship, that you honor that, that it is only between you and that person that you're married to. And so you are going to be protective of that relationship. Don't put yourself in positions where people can start speaking about you and your extra stuff happening, right? Sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not a drunkard, right? So all of these things is all about personal care, right? Being wise about your character. Like sober-minded is that you're not gonna you're not gonna get manipulated. Right? You're gonna constantly be you're gonna be able to think for yourself. You're gonna be strong enough to think for yourself, and that you aren't gonna be um, put in a position where other people can can get into your mind and make you think bad things or or do bad things or move into a poor leadership decision. The drunkard aspect, a lot of people say, oh, look, that's what it says. Don't drink. No, saying don't get consumed by alcohol. Don't be consumed by it. Don't allow, don't allow it to overtake you. Now, I'm not saying one way or the other. I'm just saying this is what it actually means in Scripture, that for this piece, don't be overly consumed by this, right? Now, it's your conviction how you follow that. But what he's saying is, don't give in to it to where it overtakes you, where you can't think clearly, where you are over, um, where you're able to be manipulated by others. And when you are doing that, don't get violent, but be gentle. Don't start fights, <laughs> right? And don't be so, so consumed by money 
that you actually get manipulated by money. Because again, culturally, that's what we we're seeing is that you saw they saw the leaders being manipulated and being bought off to make decisions. And this is, I mean, nothing like today, right? Nothing like today. But this is what was happening then. And so what he's saying is, look, don't be so caught up in all these things when you're leading that people can just go ahead and buy you off and make you think that they can they can control you, right? And then managing your own household, demonstrating who you are, like, and your your character is going to speak into your household. That when you like your your kids are going to be compassionate as you are, right? Your kids are going to give empathy like you give empathy. Your kids are going to love like you love. Your kids are going to like your your household is going to demonstrate your character, right? We we know this. When we see kids on the street who are punks, right? Let's just be honest, right? There's some kids who are just like, mm, yeah. Um, I'm not saying hit them. I'm just saying there's kids that just like the clash, right? And you're just like, oh, right? And then you're like, man, you go directly to the parents. It's just a reality. This is, I mean, this is just what happens. We mentally go, oh, their parents must blah, right? I just watched a video recently um, with all the racial tension in the world. And I watched a video about a, a little thing that was going on where there were some African-American kids who were going into a community and they were being pushed out by the white kids, right? They were kind of, it was like in the 1970s, maybe, I think, I think maybe late 60s. Um, but they're being pushed out and they're being, they're interviewing the African-American kids. And the mom says, I'm not going to be mad at the kids, really. Like the kids are making these decisions, but really we got to look to the parents, right? The parents are teaching them something there, right? And so that triggered something in me, like, man, like, I hope my kids, I hope that I'm loving enough compassionate enough, empathetic enough as a father, right? Father's Day, I'll go ahead and make myself, that I am leading in such a way in my household that my kids will see how I love. And I know they'll see how, how their mom loves. I know they'll see, like, but I hope that when they look to me that they're seeing a man role model who is saying, look, this is how you love people who are different than you. This is how you have empathy for people who are living an experience that is not yours. This is how you have compassion for those who are not living in the same um life is you right this is this is what we do and so when we can start living in that way that our our household will demonstrate our character our household will demonstrate where we're at so so when he's talking about leading and managing your home and you're managing the church this is what it's going to be your church is going to demonstrate your leadership and that's kind of a harsh thing to say but i'm, I'm going to be real about this that you will see some representations of people who say they're Christ followers and you're saying, wait a second, why do you believe this way? Why are you acting this way? Why do you say these hateful things? Why do you say they're, and you can look directly to the leadership. Okay. That's, I'm, I'm going to leave it there, but you can see examples of that all around the world and it's dangerous. And this is what Paul is writing. If you're leading your church, your home is going to demonstrate your character. And then he goes on to say he must not be a recent convert. He may become puffed up, right? You can be manipulated as a recent convert. You aren't really fully understanding scripture. And so you can start kind of becoming into that social standing, thinking like, look how great I am. He's like, it's not about you. It's about Jesus. So humble yourself. Right? So all of those things, right? That we must be well thought of by outsiders. That's how he ends that first um, section of chapter three, Right? They may not fall into disgrace. The people who are on the outside of the church, right? I can go ahead and put up a front with the church and make them think how awesome I am. Why? Because I love everybody in the church. But when I'm dealing with somebody who's not a part of the church or a part of my community, how do I love them? Am I loving them any differently? 
And if they can say, yes, that I'm totally a different person than when I'm a pastor, um, then I have some work to do. But my hope is I'm living a life that when it's not just for people in the church, but it's outside as well. Are you seeing or finding some correlation with yourself right now? I hope you are. I hope that you're already going like, man, okay, like I have a role, but don't worry. We'll get to you in a second because this is where it gets pretty good. So now we're going to see something about deacons, right? Deacons or, or other leaders in the church. Um, basically, he's, he's saying the same thing to all of them. But I, like, I want to focus on this not double-tongued part. You see this? Deacons likewise must be dignified, not double-tongued, not addicted to much wine, not greedy for dishonest gain. They must hold the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience, and let them also be tested first. Then let them serve as deacons if they prove themselves blameless. Their wives likewise must be dignified, not slanderers, right? not, but sober-minded, faithful in all things. Let deacons each be the husband of one wife, managing their children and their own households well. For those who serve well as deacons gain a good standing for themselves and also great confidence in the faith that is in Christ Jesus. Now, like I said, all of that, it's basically duplicated, right? From what you see about overseers, deacons are the same thing. So if you're going to be in this, you are going to be in this role, then you need to live a blameless life. You need to live a life that not perfect, but where people can say, look, they messed up, but they apologized, right? They own their mistakes, right? They have a clear conscience. They're not, dis they're not dishonest. They love their wife. They manage their children, all that stuff. But the double tongue piece, I want to focus on. Because this is what we can look at right here as people who lead the church as well. That if you're leading the church and you say, oh, well, in the church, this is what I'm going to say. Like, oh, man, love everybody, right? Love everybody. I'm going to treat everybody equal, all that stuff. But then you leave the church on Sunday and you go into your work day and you say maybe not so nice things about other people. You maybe have some slurs that come out of your mouth. You may have some anger that comes out of your mouth. You may have some... Um, things that just maybe demonstrate an opposite of what you say on Sunday morning. Don't be double-tongued. Don't speak out of both sides of your mouth. If you say you're going to love everybody on Sunday, then you better love every, everybody Monday through Saturday. If you're going to say you're going to have compassion for those who need compassion on Sunday, then Monday through Saturday, you better be showing some compassion. Right? If you're going to be reading scripture about Jesus, loving people, at the, meeting the woman at the well, and the woman caught in adultery, and, and saying how, how his blood covered me and all this stuff, and you, and you praise those things on Sunday, then you better be living those things out Monday through Saturday. That's what he's saying. Don't speak out of both sides of your mouth. Use, like, what you say on Sunday needs to flow. Right? That's it. I don't want to repeat that over and over, but I think that we have to be honest with ourselves. What are we doing on Sunday that... Is it showing up Monday through Saturday? And you might say to yourself, well, I'm not a deacon. I'm not an overseer. Hmm. Let's see this real quick. Last part of chapter 3. I hope to come to you soon. This is Paul speaking again. But I am writing these things to you so that if I delay, you may know how one ought to behave in the household of God, which is the church of the living God, a pillar and buttress of the truth. Great indeed, we confess, is the mystery of godliness. He was manifested in the flesh, vindicated by the Spirit. So when he was being baptized, the Spirit came down, right? That's what we see. Seen by angels, proclaimed among the nations, believed on in the world, and taken up in glory. So again, you might be saying, well, how does that mean for me? Well, if you notice, Paul didn't say, uh, we as leaders... 
um, and only overseers and deacons should hold on to this truth. He didn't say, um, I'm writing this thing so only the leadership can, can, can embrace what I'm saying here. He's saying, no, that you may know how one ought to behave in the household of God. So we are in the household of God. We are all a part of this process, which is the church of the living God. So if you say, like, I am a part of Jesus Christ, I am a part of the church, then I need to be upholding these things. And if I'm going to be upholding these things, I better make sure that my life is demonstrative of what I believe and what I claim to believe. And if I believe in these things, then I better be living that out so people can see it because we'll actually see some, um, some proof of this in First uh, Peter chapter 2, verse 5. It says, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. To offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. That's 1 Peter 2, 5. You see, there's a priesthood of all believers. Right? We hold this in our heart. So if you claim Christ, and this is what you're supposed to be walking in, then you need to start checking these expectations of people who oversee and guide the church. Because a lot of times what we end up doing is we just kind of expect the pastor to live this way. It's not about us. The pastor should be this way. The, the people who lead the church, our church leadership better be this way. But for me, I don't need to do this. Well, do you not call yourself a, a follower of Christ? Because if, if you are saying I'm a follower of Christ, then that means that you fall under church leadership. Now, I'm not saying you're a, a pastor of a church because a pastor of the church is a totally, like we, we have a responsibility guiding the flock, right? That's, that's a reality. But when it comes to the church as a whole, when you are repre representing the church in your community and throughout the world, that you are carrying this message. And it might, sounds like, it might sound like it's a lot of pressure on you, but remember, you don't have to be perfect at this. You just have to be willing to know where you're failing and fix it. And work on what needs to be repaired so you're demonstrating what you believe. And you're representing the church, capital C, as a whole, well. Some people say on Sundays that they hate working Sundays at a restaurant. Why? Because people go to church on Sunday morning. And right now, obviously, with COVID, I don't think very many people are saying this. But when it wasn't going on, that people can actually go into restaurants and sit there. They were actually saying a lot of servers would say that they hated working Sundays because church people would go to church, then come in and be completely nasty to them, and they won't tip well. They don't. That actually, they, they said that they found more of those um, hundred dollar bill tracks instead of actually money. Like, which if you do that, please stop. Um, but the reality of it is, is that, or if you do do that, then put an actual hundred dollar bill underneath that or something. I don't know. But but the reality of it is, is that. A lot of these servers are saying, look, like, you go on Sunday morning into church and you worship, you get all excited, you say hi, you hug, you do all that stuff. That's awesome, wonderful. But then you come in here and you treat me horribly. I had a friend of mine share that she was, um, she's in California and she, um, she was talking about how she would go to um, Target and other places and, you know, she's, she's practicing social distancing, but she would ask them, how are you doing? And how are other people treating you? And the response from the majority, she said, were people are treating us horribly. And granted, not all the people they interact with are from the church, but you can say that there's probably a good 
a good possibility that a, a good percentage were. You know, are they representing Christ well? Well, I'm not wearing a shirt that says I'm a Christian. Well, okay, that's great, but your character should still be speaking loudly for Jesus, right? That's that's what we carry him for, right? We carry to shine his glory in this world, and, and our character is a part of shining his glory. And if our character is poor, then we better fix that. If people can't say good things about us on the outside, then we better fix that. If we're not treating people equally beyond Sunday, then we better be fixing that because Monday through Saturday should be demonstrating what we're worshiping on Sunday, let me say that again. Monday through Saturday should be demonstrating who and what we worship on Sunday. So, you are a part of the leadership of this church. Not just New Community Elkins, but the church, capital C. And so you represent it in every step you take, every move you make, right? Um, I'm not going to start singing a music song, but uh, music lyrics, but, but that's what it is. You're demonstrating Jesus. People need to see him through everything about you. And when you mess up, own it. Say, I'm sorry. Be sincere. Be honest. Be humble. But always point to Christ. You see, we have a role to play. And, that, and that's what I want to leave us with, is that each and every single one of us have a role to play in this, in this piece. Honor that role. Live up to that role. I um, you know, it's it's a challenge. It's an encouragement. It's a challenge. We have to be real about ourselves in this moment. And so I'm gonna, I'm going to challenge you right now. If you are a Christ follower and you're looking at these things, going, man, I'm, I'm not doing too well here. Right? I'm not asking you to confess in the comments saying, oh well, I've slept around. Like I don't want to hear that. Right? I mean, like we'll talk about that personally if you want to, but you don't need to put that in the comments. But maybe you just need some prayer for whatever you want to get fixed, right? And and you need some, you need people around you in the church to be praying for you. Go ahead and put that in the comments. Just say pray for me. pray for me. Send me a message if you want to be specific. But we all need to be praying for wisdom in how we lead and how we are showing the what we believe is true and how we are guiding the church together. So I'm going to pray for us as believers, and I'm going to pray for those who want to step into this role with the church. And some of you guys might be going, man, I was thinking about becoming a Christian today, but nah, <laughs> nah, I don't know. It's understandable. There's a, lot, there's a lot that we have to live by and live up to. But the great thing about it is when we mess up, we have the grace of Jesus. We have the mercy of Jesus. We have the love of Jesus, who is ultimately the one who made the church and has allowed us to play a role. So let's pray together. Father, we thank you. We honor you. We love you. God, we seek you. And Lord, in this time, we, we confess our brokenness. Leadership is hard. Represent, representing you at times is hard, God. But Father, thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for Jesus. Lord, help us to lead well. Help us to represent you well. And God, anything that's inside of us that needs to be fixed, needs to be healed, needs to be restored, needs to be flipped upside down, God, to represent you well, Lord, work on that in us. Help us to be honest with ourselves. Help us to be humble enough to be, to be able to confess these things to you. Speak to us. 
In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks for listening to the New Community Elkins podcast. Um, Again, I am Pastor Bobby Benavides, and I really appreciate you joining us. I hope the message was encouraging. I hope it challenged you in your journey with Jesus and moves you to a deeper relationship with your Creator. Have a great week.